Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and today we welcome Raj Agni to the podcast. Raj has an extensive and impressive background in the healing arts. He's a metaphysician, author, alchemist, herbalist, artist, painter, musician, entrepreneur, and businessman. He offers entity clearings and rebalancing of the energy bodies, including the etheric body, the emotional body, and the mental body. To date, he's treated over 20,000 people from his Maui clinic. He also operates under the name Steve Score. Is it Score? Or sure, Shore? sure. Yeah, sure. And he's had an equally elusive career as an inventor, entrepreneur, and businessman with 47 years of experience. He's the founder, CEO, CSO, and chairman of Extended Longevity that looks at cellular processes that can strengthen and increase human longevity. Extended Longevity Inc. merges his science and herbalism background to create plant-based extraction products that are sold throughout the world. Hi, Raj. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Nikki. Can you hear me well? Is that good? I can hear you well. Yes. Thanks for joining us all the way from Maui. I have to say I've mentioned you in several of my podcasts, actually, and I it's funny. I'm always like, there's this person, his name is Raj. He's in Kula and Maui. That's really all I can share in terms of information about him. Cause I don't know how to like share, um, how to get to him, you know? And I, and I always say like, I mean, it's my number one stop when I go to Maui. I know you're not doing in-person, um, clinic right now, but it truly is my favorite thing to do is to come and visit you. And my first experience was just so incredible and, and so healing for me and transformative after I left that I just wanted to share that with everyone. And I just couldn't believe that you worked on a donation basis. I, mm-hmm. It was just so beyond like what I could comprehend because of what, especially what I experienced. And I was just, you know, always, I'm so thankful for people such as yourself who are wanting to just really share their talent with people just simply because, you know, you're a kind and generous human being. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. What a wonderful introduction. I, I certainly appreciate your uh, your kind words and uh, reflecting upon my my career and the things that I've uh, have been in, involved in here. And yeah, you know, I have a, a multiplicity of interests um, that uh, are not bounded necessarily by uh, by anything. Actually, I'm I'm. Uh, when I become interested in, in an area, I dive in deep and I've been very successful in developing skills and talents. And I come with some natural uh, talents, so to speak, that are uh, unique and uh, very individual to the uh, work that I've done and the efforts that I've made in really kind of uh, evolving myself and uh, growing as a human being. And one of the things we learn as we begin to grow and uh, evolve is that uh, it's there comes a time in your life when it's important to give back. 
And I've always been very clear that part of my work is in giving back to my community, to the world, and to helping those who really need help. And consequently, uh, in my clinics, which I've run for 14 years, I would do like a Tuesday and a Thursday, and I'd, I'd, I'd stand for about uh, five hours per day. And I'd see 20 to 30 people from the local community and people who would be coming to Maui to visit and people from all over the world. And I would uh, simply treat them no matter what their economic state is. Uh, I believe everyone should be healed and free of the type of ailments that I was treating. Uh, I'm, I'm by nature an energy healer and a medical intuitive, so I can see into the energy fields and uh, pretty accurately, and I've uh, thankfully had uh, some wonderful experience with people like yourself who have had the opportunity to experience my work and heal them from a deeper energetic level that may include not only the physical body, but the underlying energetics that informs the physical body. Let's call it the etheric body or that kind of uh, blueprint of energy that informs who we are. And also um, the uh, uh, emotional body and sometimes the mental body, although, you know, largely I, what I've found in most individuals is that, you know, there may be emotional states that we have grown up with, for instance, like trauma, things like that, that, that inform our emotional state. And what I've learned is that, you know, upon looking into the fields, that these things are very quantifiable if you understand the right questions to ask. I developed a relationship with higher, my higher nature uh, that includes a connection to a more universal state of consciousness that I can tap into, and it reflects upon others. In other words, if you uh, have a state of disruption in your field um, emotionally and you are um, suffering in some manner and maybe it's uh, it's a state of uh, of just general unwellness um, emotionally or otherwise that, that that reflects in your field and it's pretty easy to read once you understand the mechanism of penetrating that world and so once you can draw a field upon someone to measure a state of being if you can measure it you can you can shift it if you know how to move the energies and that's part of what I developed over the years originally when I first began this work some 14 years ago I, I really began this in an effort to help a, a dear friend whose child was very disturbed and screaming uncontrollably for six hours a day and I felt great compassion for them and you know I, I, I went within and and asked my own personal uh, spiritual guidance what I could do to help this child because children are so innocent, you know, and for a child to be completely disturbed in this way was really unusual. And I received some deep uh, guidance in terms of a process I called magnetic field disruption, which was a, a technology that I invented and developed that actually is something that creates a, a field of energy that is is not conducive to the presence of any other energies other than the individual's own uh, soul and consciousness. So sometimes, you know, we can, through trauma, um, fissure and open up, and our field can be inhabited by other 
conscious energies. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes we call them the entities, but they're, they're souls who have left their bodies primarily. And in doing so, they uh, typically will transition into the light and go on with their, their work. And, and again, this is a deeply spiritual work, uh, but sometimes they become distracted here and they can become distracted for various reasons. Sometimes they just become attached to material possessions on this plane or, or, or behaviors, you know, they, they, yeah. they, want, they want to drink or they want to smoke or some such thing. And, and so in the moment of transition after they've left their body, they become distracted. And that, that moment of transition is actually very brief. It's uh, probably the equivalent of about four seconds. And, and then they're stuck here. And, you know, every culture in our uh, history and world has had an understanding of this. And in, in, uh, in Hawaii, they call them the LALA. In Germany, they call them the Geist. In India, they call them boots. Uh, in Japan, they call them the Baku. Uh, here, we might call them ghosts, and it's become a subject of uh, of many, you know, Hollywood uh, fear porn uh, kind of presentations. In, in truth, you know, it's 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 a phenomena that happens more so now because life is more complicated than it used to be. Mm-hmm. It was a time we all grew up in the village and. You know, grandma and grandpa were there, and your whole family. But now we're 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 scattered all over the world, and people move around a lot. And the support that we used to have, we simply don't have any anymore. Also, there's a great deal of trauma going on, and trauma yeah. can happen in many many ways. It can be uh, abuse, it can be childhood abuse, it could be abuse from others that may range into uh, sexuality, uh, there, and and so everyone. Uh, has a different experience of, of trauma. Uh, it could be you crashed your car, you know. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen in life that, that are traumatic in, in nature, and they do affect the consciousness, and they are taken into the energy fields. And in many cases, they are not necessarily resolved. They just are there. And so these traumas can be resonant in frequency. So that means they're, they're there and they're, they're energetically resonating, literally. And that resonation field of trauma can project itself into the, the environment. Uh, and it can cause problems for your existence because m- sometimes traumatic energy, especially in the resonant form, uh, has, has a magnetic nature to it and it, it tracks circumstances into your life that reflect what that trauma is not to punish you but to cause an awakening of the of the individual's awareness so that they can resolve it the only problem is we don't know this and we don't know how to deal with it so in, consequently people maintain a trauma body uh, yeah. that is really you know causing circumstances in their life that either harmonically reiterate that trauma or just cause them to be unhappy and and that's a problem too so you know and it can cause disease right and it can cause disease as it as it resonates through the the physical body for sure and so these are the problems that happen and and of course when someone comes to my clinic uh and, and yes you're right I, I stopped doing the clinic during uh during covid times but i do i do remote work and and i do so, see some people from time to time here on an appointment basis but mm-hmm. i don't have an open clinic running uh because of my desire to limit my exposure to other people's uh, health issues so i would see someone and i would take a look at what's going on you know and and for the most part 
you know, there there are states of physical um, distress that happen in the consciousness. There are uh, states of emotional distress that reflect physically. I mean, people can become very, very disturbed by trauma, by complexing of stress, anxiety, worry, fear, anger, hate, guilt, shame. These things are all uh, energies, you know, they're, they're not things, they're not physical things, they're energetic things that are inured to the emotional body where they affect the quality of life that an individual might experience. So upon seeing that, for instance, if I saw that someone had uh, fear uh, and it was complexing within their their, in their emotional body, you know, that fear is not necessarily a permanent state. It's just that there's a, a like a vortice of energy that is locked into the fear state that is moving within the energy body and it's kind of stuck there. So that can be lifted, that can be moved uh, if one were adept at the understanding of how energy can be cycled within the, the emotional body. And then there's an almost an immediate relief that is felt when that energy is, is moved because we, we, we know these things. There's an, a certain natural intuitive nature that people have that allow them to sense the relief that may happen when these energies are shifted where beforehand they just might be overwhelmed with it and not really understand what, what to do with it. Uh, then there are things like... Um, uh, there are certain states of uh, where where the emotional body can become disconnected from the physical maturation process, uh, and it's a, a, a concept I call parity. So, your if your emotional body is out of parity with your chronological age, you may emotionally be stuck at say twelve years old when you experience some egregious trauma that happened to you, and 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 that phenomena. Uh, strangely enough, is uh, will cause the uh, the individual to not continue with their chronological age progression and maturity, but they will begin to see the world kind of stuck in an emotional state, as if they were looking at the world through the lens of their emotional consciousness when they were, for instance, twelve years old. Uh, wow, and, and I totally witnessed that with um, someone very close to me and my family. So that's. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and this will cause that person to behave in ways that, you know, may be immature in nature and, and not really reflective of where their emotional state should be for, let's say, uh, a woman of 30 years old who had had some kind of trauma when they were 12. They're stuck in 12, and they're behaving like a child, even though they're physically much, much older. So, you know, this is a phenomenon that I see fairly, it's fairly common, and it's not like every single person, but it, you know, you you'll find people that have that are out of parity with their chronological age, and so I developed a process I call an emotional progression, where I would I will gra literally reach my hands into the emotional field, grab a hold of it, and lift it back into parity with the chronological age, so that there's a a balance uh, and a parity between the chronological age and the emotional age. And it takes a few days for that to set in, but it's a profound emotional transformation that people have had. And I've, I've done that procedure many thousands of times. And, you know, the more you do it, the, the better you get at it, I suppose. Then then there are other states that have to do with the uh, uh, detrius of, of trauma um, that can be 
uh, obfuscating the energy field. And, and these are just kind of artifacts of, of, of trauma states that are just need to be cleared out of the field so you can get some clarity of, of who you are and what you're doing with your life. But the emotional body is very, very complex, and it does reflect back into the physical body. Uh, oftentimes, the first thing that I will do is, is look at the physical body itself, and I will do a complete scan of all the major physiological components of, of the energy field, including the brain, the heart, the lungs, liver, spleen, pancreas, kidneys, urinary tract, gastrointestinal, endocrine system, all these different facets of the the physical person I will look at and to see, you know, and then I can measure it. If I can draw a scale on it and say, okay, if you're at a hundred percent, you're fine. Then and then what I'm measuring is your capacity to self-heal because we're self-healing organisms. We will heal ourselves. That's how we're designed. That's how we were so successful at existing here. You know, it's like when you cut yourself and, okay, now you have an open wound. Uh, if you were to uh, fast forward a, a movie of that, you'd see that that wound heal up rather quickly, you know, kind of a Star Trekian, you know, device or something. But in reality, we do that ourselves and we're able to heal ourselves. The physical body will do it. Uh, the emotional body will do it. But sometimes we don't. And sometimes we are subject to very complex diseases like cancers and things like that that are that are degenerative, that, that cause the, the physiology to go through a process of degradation. We also know, for instance, that the aging process is also a phenomena that is largely dependent upon determinant factors of aging. There are, there are mechanisms that are built into our physiology that are degenerative over time. For instance, we know uh, there's a process called thymic involution, which where from the time you're 30 to the time, say, you're in your late 60s, your thymus reverts to adipose fat. And this is well-documented, well-known, well-scientifically determined. So in the process of aging, we will lose our ability to have a profound responsive reserve of T-cells. And those are the cells that are helping us fight infections. And this is why we see in the current uh, milieu of COVID, that the elderly are more susceptible to the virus and have uh, have perished accordingly. Are T cells, so they're called T cells because they're from the thymus gland, and are they the same as, they're not the same as telomeres, are they? No, they're not the same as telomeres. And and the thymus gland is, is one major reserve of T cells. They're actually manufactured in various parts of the body. But the, the thymus has developed as, as kind of a, a reserve of T cell production so that if there was a a significant assault on the physiology that, that we would be able to marshal up a defense by producing more of things like T cells and macrophages and, and, and the, the cellular response that deals with a, a viral contagen that we come in, in contact with. I've actually, uh, I have two companies that are very involved in the issues of of the viral problems and, and also the aging issue. One which you mentioned is called Extended Longevity, and you can find out more about my work by going to extendedlongevity.com. And in that uh, business, I've created a series of products. There are, are initially nine 
products that are extracts, extract formulation. I call them synergistic and mimetic phytotherapeutic formulas that address the conditions of aging. And currently, because of the advances of science, we know what these conditions are. And interestingly, in the past few years, we know how to test for these conditions or the state of the physiology with respect to these conditions. And now we also know that they're all reversible. And isn't that interesting? And in that world, I've, uh, I, I started this process a few years ago. When the initial research began to appear with a with a, a process called the epigenome clocks, and the epigenome is a record of all the proteins that have been turned on and off, and it rides on top of the genome, which is the DNA that we know is the blueprint of life. So there's not only a blueprint, but there's also a record of what. Uh, has been turned on and off in terms of the proteins that make life. And so when I first realized that we can now see um, what the what the physiology was doing over time and when it was clear that these epigenome clocks were capable of of a of a greater insight into true age than, than in fact, was chronological age. In other words, like because there's an age uh, span, the lifespan is also a health span. How healthy are we is going to determine uh, how we are able to live long, and not only long, but long and healthy lives. Um, so I began to do extensive research in this area. Uh, I've always been somewhat of a scientist and, and uh, an herbalist, so it was easy for me to penetrate. Uh, the information that's available now uh, in terms of uh, what can be researched and, and understood uh, has grown exponentially in the past 20 years. And in fact, um, you know, the entire world's uh, scientific understanding of these things is readily available uh, through research um, searches on the internet. And so I do something called in silico bioinformatic research. I will look at all the data that's been produced about not only conditions such as aging and various diseases, but also the plant-based uh, applications and molecular structure of plants that are addressing these ailments. And in many cases, uh, especially in the case of Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese traditional medicine and some of the other uh, South Indian medicines called Siddha medicine, um, these formulations, these products, these molecular structure, which are now being well-defined by science, have been in human use for thousands of years. So we know they're very, they're very effective, and, and we also know that there are very few side effects because we know that they've been in use and kind of vetted out in that regard. So upon looking at the research on aging, I determined initially nine uh, what I call determinant factors of aging. And upon defining them, I would then go in to find out what formulations can be created that are both synergistic and mimetic that will mimic some of the things that are being done allopathically in monomolecular medicine but don't have the side effects. And I created these formulas and I began to take them. Well, when I started out this process, I took a baseline epigenome test and I was at age. I was actually a year older than what I was when I took the test. And I had been taking, you know, I'm a lifelong vegetarian. I had good nutritional supplementation. And I was a little crestfallen that I had wasn't uh, 
younger yeah, than I thought I was yeah. because I, I had spent a fortune in vitamins, you know, uh, and apparently they did nothing. Uh, but I'm healthy, nevertheless. So then I took my formulations for a year under a, a, a very a strict dose, da daily dose basis. And after a year, I took a, a another test, an epigenome test. This was even a more sensitive test that tested 900,000 points of something called cytosine methylation on the epigenome. And it turned out I decelerated my aging by an astonishing 15 years, which had never been seen before. Even the initial tests that determined that, that it was possible to decelerate something called the TRIM study back in 2019 had only um, decelerated the aging of a cohort of, of nine men in their late 60s by a year and a half. And here by a factor of 10, I had decelerated by 15 years. And, and you mentioned telomeres before, and I'll, I'll look at, we'll talk about that because my, I currently have the telomeres of a 10-year-old. Now, what that means wow. is that the telomeres are the end caps of the chromosome, and each time your cell divides, the telomeres get shorter and shorter until they reach a point where the cell can no longer divide, and the cell goes senescence. And senescent cells produce cytokines and chemokines that broadcast their chemical constituents that then increase inflammation. And inflammation, we know, is the basis of all the diseases of aging, which include heart disease cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and the autoimmune diseases. So we, we know what the diseases are of aging, and we know that inflammation is the basis of it. Now, from my formulations, and there is a telomere formulation, there's also a formulation to decrease inflammation. I currently have the inflammation scale, which is something called uh, high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, and is a fairly standard test. I have the C-reactive protein right now. Uh, uh, it's a 0 0.4. Typically, a man of my age, I'm 67 right now, would have a, a C-reactive protein of somewhere between 2 and 3. So it's, uh, it's the C-reactive protein probably of a teenager. And my telomeres, I have about 9,000 base pairs. Uh, when we're born, we're born with about 10,000 base pairs. And then by the time we're in our 80s and, and perishing from old age, we have about 5,500 base pairs. So that's the range. So I've been able to regrow my telomeres. And, and so my cells are not dying. And my inflammation is very low. And, and so I've, I've found the formulas that will do this. And if we address each of these conditions of aging, and there are some new ones coming out that I'm developing, uh, it will have a profound effect on our health and well-being and bring us to a place where we can sustain a high level of functionality, and we don't know what the limitation of that will be. Hi everyone, I wanna take a second to share about my dear friend Carson Meyer's brand, Sea and the Moon. Carson has been a guest on our show, so if you happen to listen to that episode, you would know she launched Sea and the Moon with its debut product, the Malibu Made Body Scrub. This scrub uses brown sugar to gently exfoliate and delivers lasting hydration through a variety of organic botanical oils like almond, jojoba, coconut, and castor seed oil, and it's scented with a food-grade vanilla. The Malibu Made Body Scrub was born out of a necessity to nourish dry and sensitive skin without the use of harmful chemicals that are often found in everyday personal care products. 
As a doula, Carson saw firsthand how much information the skin takes in from the environment around it, including the many studies that have shown direct test results of over hundreds of chemicals that were found in umbilical cord blood and passed down from mother to child, not to mention the detrimental impacts man-made chemicals that are found in conventional skincare products have on our environment as a whole. The Malibu Made Body Scrub is made with organic, non-toxic ingredients and packaged in a waste-free glass jar that can be upcycled for continuous use. Sea in the Moon proudly donates a portion of its proceeds to the Natural Resources Defense Council, which is an organization that brings together scientists and lawyers to defend the health of Mother Earth. The Malibu Made Body Scrub has been called a miracle product by those who suffer from chronic dry skin and deemed the best scrub ever by Kim Kardashian. So for 20% off your Sea in the Moon order, use code FULLEST20 at checkout. I want to talk about that really quick because I think it's important to note when you talk about aging, it's like the, it's really what we're saying also is with aging is when we see all this disease essentially is what we're saying. So I think, you know, we might have like a younger audience that when they, when they think about aging, they're thinking about wrinkles and they're thinking about, which obviously this I'm sure does also impact, but, um, you know, we're talking about women in their early twenties and thirties that are like essentially doing all this wellness stuff, but then going and getting Botox preventatively. And, um, that's a whole nother conversation, obviously, but mm-hmm. I think the term aging, I just kind of want to, um, define here because what it sounds to me is that when we talk about lowering our age or, our, yeah, we, we call it de- decelerating the age, decelerating the age, then we're essentially talking about preventing disease. Well, correct. Right. I mean, there, yeah. there's, there's a one for one there. Yeah. Uh, because it, the question is, you know, what makes us age? And and if the conditions of aging, like you said, wrinkles and this sort of thing, are an indication that the aging process is in play, oh, how, yeah. how do we stop that? How do we reverse that? Now, unfortunately, we live in a very age-centric culture that really values the the youth above all else you know and and look no no one's gonna be 18 years old forever (laughs) that that passes rather quickly i might add yeah (laughs) um and and you know not only are we dealing with the the natural processes of, of aging we're also dealing with environmental assaults like pollution like the uh, uh, foods that are unhealthy for us, the glyphosate, the GMOs. There's a, there's a lot of things going on that are assaulting us. Uh, and so one has to become very aware of the things that will actually accelerate the aging process. I mean, if it can be decelerated, um, it can be uh, also accelerated. And in fact, yeah. it's, it's known from the testing, the epigenome tests that have been done, uh, because they've done tens of thousands of these tests to, to, to develop a database that we can understand the relative age that someone has to someone else in their, in their age group. 
I mean, I'm you know, for my telomeres, I'm I'm according to the test results, I'm in the 96th percentile of of, of youthful people from my age. But that, but wow. if you were if you were at the same telomere level, uh, like my son, for instance, who's 41, also tested with me, he has telomeres that are slightly longer in mine, but he's only in the 60 percentile because people are younger in that age. So it's a relative thing, and it's done statistically. Mm -hmm. What we understand is we live in a youth-centric culture and everyone, you know, like you say, they don't want to see those wrinkles. Now, now one strategy that I might I might add and I'll have a brief discussion of is this issue of collagen. Uh, there's a lot of discussion about how collagen uh, relieves the wrinkles and in, internal consumption of collagen uh, ultimately is probably not a great idea because collagen itself, it's part of what we call the extracellular matrix. So all of your 100 trillion cells are not just floating around uh, in your body unattached. They're all in some sort of a, a, of a, a scaffolding, a structure, which we call the extracellular matrix, which is made largely of two molecular structures. One is collagen and the other is elastin. Now, the, the tendency uh, to stiffen, uh, which is one of the phenomena that, that occur in, with aging, and in fact, it's probably one of the primary methodologies by which the aging process creates this condition that we see as the elderly, you know, the wrinkles, the stiffening, the, the yeah. heart, that sort of thing. That's all a function of the extracellular matrix. And the problem here with collagen is that it, it cross-links and then creates this stiffening. What we want is not collagen. What we want is elastin. Elastin is what gives us flexibility. That uh, makes so much sense. Yeah. So people that are taking collagen might uh, in the short run, reduce some wrinkles, but in the long run, they're adding to the problem of an imbalance of collagen compared to elastin. There's a ratio wow. that has to be understood, and there's a lot of misinformation about that. I've actually looked at that very, very closely. Recently, a, a wonderful paper about this problem, the extracellular matrix and how it cross-links and, and causes stiffening, has been developed by a, a Russian scientist uh, named Alexander Fetensov. And he talks extensively about this phenomenon. And it it, it kind of launched me into a whole um, developmental cycle around what I could do to create a product that would increase elastin uh, you don't want to necessarily decrease collagen, but you sure don't want to add to it. But you want to increase your elastin because that's what creates the flexibility. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the the uh, the physiological external look that happens as we get old. You got issues that happen in your cardiovascular system. If your cardiovascular system stiffens, you can't pump blood. When you pump blood, let's say when you're doing a workout. You're increasing the flow of blood. That requires a flexibility in your cardiovascular system, your aorta, your, your veins. Everything has to kind of move. They have to flex. Uh, they have to get bigger to pump more blood. Well, if you ossify and you lose that flexibility, you're uh, subject to uh, embolisms and, and, uh, and, and other cardiovascular events that, that could be deadly for you. So that, that's an issue. Um, there's that actually is the number one issues, right, that we have in this country. Uh, yeah. And so, so, so I've developed a product called Elast Stage ECM. It can be found on the product page of the Extended Longevity website. 
extendedlongevity.com, and it is designed to increase elastin. There's a certain molecular structure that comes out of a Chinese herb called white peony. It's called polyglyol glucose that increases elastin. Uh, and that's included with a, f- a few other elastin-inducing compounds that come from dill extract and a few other things. And, and that will increase elastin according to the data that we've developed. We're still, you know, where I'm, I'm using it because I think it's, a, it's an amazing thing. But the knowledge of this is really super important. And this could probably be, you know, the 10th determinant factor of aging, but we have such a thing right now that allows us to approach these things. An- another product that I developed that's really super interesting uh, is a product called Emofix. And I've done some research and found that uh, there are certain compounds uh, that come out of certain plants. One is an Ayurvedic plant uh, called Bacopa Minari, and another one is an Ayurvedic plant called Clitoria ternata. And it's a little purple flower, so it makes a really purple, interesting extract. And these compounds have been demonstrated to regrow dendrites on your amygdala. Now, why is that important? The amygdala is the part of the brain that is in charge of emotions. So if you're traumatized or you have some emotional uh, issues that you're kind of dealing with, one possible strategy to to heal is to regrow dendrites on your amygdala that will allow you to grow past, physiologically grow past the trauma by creating new synaptic connections in the in the amygdala itself. So that's called Emofix, and, and I've been also taking that for, for some time here since I developed it, and it's wonderful wow. uh, for emotional growth and development. So this is kind of like, you know, the cutting edge of of, of this understanding of what we can do to improve physio- physiological and emotional components uh, of our lives to live healthier, more productive, and uh, and hopefully longer lives. Look, ultimately, we won't find out uh, how successful these strategies are until the people that are beginning to take it now get old. Well, yeah. you know, so, you know, see me in 20 years and I'll let you know. But for now, you won't have a wrinkle. <laughs> you right. and your son both. Right. But but for now, you know, what we can do is we can test. We can test yeah. the, the biomarkers. And mm-hmm. one of them is the epigenome, which which aggregately has been demonstrated to be a more accurate reflection of age and actual chronological age. Look, some people age well, some people don't. Some people look great in their 60s. Others people don't look so great. You know, they, yeah. they look like they're suffering. So, so these are strategies that I think are ultimately uh, will become very, very useful. And I think that based upon the science that we understand, uh, my approach is start now. You know, start as young as possible to begin to reverse the situations of, for instance, telomere lengthening or proteonomic dysregulation or or, uh, or inflammation. Look, the, the easiest thing we can do is reduce inflammation in our life because inflammation ultimately is the root source. And of course, cell cellular senescence when the cells die, and there's a lot of reasons they'll do that, but one of them is is the degradation of the telomeres. They will produce not only the chemokines and cytokines that broadcast inflammation to the body. They also communicate with uh, and dis- dysregulated communication with the adjoining cells, saying that it's time to perish. 
Now, another really interesting story, this is a story I love to tell, is, is a, there's a, uh, a researcher out of the University of, of Berkeley, Irina Conboy, and her husband, Michael, who do, had done some amazing work with, a, with blood signaling. And there's a process uh, that they've done uh, called uh, heterochronic parabiosis. Now, that's a fancy word. What does it mean? They take an old mouse and a young mouse and they sew them together and they connect their circulatory systems. And what they found is the young mouse got old and the old mouse got young. And they said, wow, what's causing that? So they did the research and found out that it was too much transformational growth factor beta 1 and too little oxytocin, which is, you know, is the feel-good drug that happens when you're giving birth and other things. And so the concept here is if you reverse that formula, if you decrease transformational growth factor beta 1 and increase oxytocin, you reverse signal. You signal to the to the body, not that it's time to die, which happens as we get older. It's one of the things that communicate this notion of death to all the cells in the body. But you could reverse that and actually begin to communicate to the body, it's time to regenerate. It's time to get younger. So I developed a product in the, in the original nine formulations called Blue Cosig, which has to do with glucohosh, which has these uh, is a synergist for oxytocin and, and a few other compounds, uh, Sculateria biochanalis, which actually suppresses transformation of growth factor beta one. So you reverse this formulation and you signal to the entire body, hey, it's time to to regenerate. It's time to live. So this is another approach of of the nine determinant factors of aging that I'm using. So you know you want to hit all of them. You want to get you yeah. want to figure out as many as possible, and you want to get them. <laughs> you want to reverse them. Hi everyone. Let's take a moment to discuss your mattress. Finding a comfortable, non-toxic, and chemical-free mattress became a main priority for me once I found out what traditional mattresses are made from. Not only are they not sustainable for the environment, but they're also detrimental to our health when we consider the amount of time we spend laying on our mattress, which is about a third of our lifetime. I'm so happy to announce that this podcast is supported by Avocado Green Mattress, offering mattresses that are handmade in California with certified non-toxic and organic materials. Avocado Green Mattress is climate neutral certified and a member of 1% for the planet, where 1% of all sales, not profits, but sales, which is a lot, go to environmental nonprofits. So visit avocadogreenmattress.com and use code THEFULLEST for $150 off a mattress for the fullest podcast listeners. I really, really love my mattress so much, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about yours. That story reminds me, actually, of my husband's grandfather. He is, um, he like, his partner passed away, and he started dating a younger woman, and I feel like he's just getting younger and younger because of it, and it's kind of like, just reminded me of the mice. Well, but- well, there's, well there's one of the secrets, but... <laughs> But don't, don't, don't tell too many about that. Yeah, totally. But I wanted to ask you, because obviously it's a combination of so many things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a combination of environmental toxins and what's going on emotionally, physically, and in the etheric body, and then diet, lifestyle, all that. But would you say that there are, when we go back to just like treating someone the way you would treat them, let's say in the clinic, is that something that you think can prevent 
disease as well? Well, certainly, uh, I'm I'm addressing certain fundamental conditions of the physiology, uh, and I will ask someone when they when they sit with me, you know, what's bothering you? You know, I mean, I I can I can certainly figure it out, but I want to know, you know, what what you're feeling. What what do you need? Yeah. Um, you know, if someone is having, for instance, gastrointestinal uh, problems, I will look. And if there's a depletion in the energy field, what I want to do is increase the capacity to self-heal, to bring it up to 100% of your capacity. Because if, you're, if your self-healing capacity is depleted, then you're not healing properly. So, you know, mostly we are designed to self-heal. So that's, that's the fundamental basis. Now, when someone is in stress and they have a condition that is uh, I'm treating, I will put them in a state I call hyperhealing. And what that means is if their capacity to heal optimally is 100%, I have the capacity to infuse their energy field with enough energy that it measures out to me at 1,200. That's where it seems to cap off that. Wow. If they're working with me and they're going to be around and see me uh, uh, sequentially for a few visits, I can see how much of that energy field has dropped. And then I, yeah. will, I will refill that up. And, and so my experience has been if you keep lifting that field up and they use less and less of the the extra energy eventually they'll hold that 1200 and at that point they're completely healed and whatever uh, symptoms they have go goes away and i've done this thousands and thousands of times so so that's the technique i use it's just a kind of a refilling of the cup of of self-healing uh, is what it comes down to but yes you know your question is actually very appropriate you know can someone energetically be healed can they energetically be be helped absolutely but you know there's just so many people i can see personally with the medicines uh in the the uh phytotherapeutic formulations i can reach literally thousands pop and ultimately millions of people and give them the resources that they need yeah. to live longer and, and healthier so uh, it makes sense. Like it's a combination because you there's not enough of you to go around. So it's like yeah. an extension of the work that you can do in mm -hmm. person. And also I'm assuming like the combination is really the key there of both. Well, um, it could. I mean, certainly we want to be free of emotional ailments and as as well, you know, the the but ultimately I think that if your interest is in longevity and extending your longevity and th this is a very appropriate strategy and protocol to utilize to to af affect that and to, and to help you out in that regard i wanted to go back really quick to talk about the entities or i don't i've heard it people mention or call it negative influences or dark entities and negative entities and i know that some of them like you mentioned are souls that are not passing and they're just sticking around essentially and like when you go through trauma mm -hmm. you attract that almost or you have that opening but then i've heard of this idea of dark entities that have never been souls here is that something that you can see too i just i think this idea is like so far out there but like you mentioned it's been discussed in every culture and and like I've come to you several times now and I've never um, experienced that, but I've had family members who have come that have um, been cleared of that either with you or with others. And, and other people have mentioned, oh, like this entity has been around since for 46 years, for example. And 
And then it's like, oh, 46 years ago, I had this crazy traumatic event where I grew up during the war and this was what was going on during that. Right, right. Well, you know, for the for the most part, uh, the entity phenomena is a phenomena of, of human transition uh, from living states into discorporal states. Uh, if one has the understanding that we are uh, serially incarnating beings who have an immortal nature, then that all makes sense. If you don't believe that we're serially incarnating beings that have an immortal nature, then that probably doesn't make sense. But for those of us who believe that and who have an understanding of the transcorporal nature of consciousness, the eternal nature of consciousness, then we are transiting in and out of the physical body. And as you know, in the history of, of humanity, there's been hundreds and hundreds of well, billions of, of, of people that have been born and also have died. So this is a phenomena that produces a lot of uh, transitioning into from the living into the dead states. Now, as to darkness, human consciousness is plenty dark. And human imagination is is also feeds into that and can be very, very dark. And we know this because of the, the fear porn that is produced out of Hollywood and the horror movies and this sort of thing. That's not really good for human consciousness, but it definitely reflects in a somewhat perverse artistic manner the nature of how the human imagination could could go deep into these states. Now, as to the nature of de de demonic states and this sort of thing a lot of that is 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 religious pornography it's it's just you know it's ideas about about control that have been manufactured by institutions like the churches and things like that yeah. who, who want to control people through fear mm -hmm. you know how how is there a nature of of interdimensional uh, dark consciousness perhaps I mean you know there, there's where there's light there's the the antipode of darkness and and they, they they work together but in fact you know if we're talking about the devil and personifications within the human imagination of of this sort of darkness I think most of it is 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 the human imagination taken to a, a very perverse degree. In my experience as a healer in this issue, I see, and I think the, the entities, maybe the word is a little scary, you know, but it's just souls who are transitioning in and out of the physical incarnative experience. Uh, some of these souls can be, you know, kind of uh, dysregulated. They can be very, um, in themselves, uh, have had uh, dark experiences in their life because of the effect of this the fear porn, the, the the horror movies, this sort of thing. You know, how, how much of that is real? Gosh, you know, in, in all the years that I've been doing this, I, I don't see a lot of anything that's that dark. I see bad actors who, who you know, and I see people who are very disturbed uh, from trauma or drug addiction or just, you know, just ha have, have very deep pathological conditions. But as far as, as extrapolating that into some sort of ultimate darkness, you know, I, I, I don't really go there because I, I just see that the human soul itself is plenty dark without having to go to invent new forms of darkness for it. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't exclude it as, a, as an ultimate possibility in the same way that I don't, I don't exclude 
aliens from other planets and UFOs. I've never seen them myself, but I don't disclude it. Okay. I see I see anecdotal evidence uh, that, that these phenomena exist, but I haven't personally experienced them to say, oh, yes, an alien came to me or, or I saw a UFO. I have not. Yeah. But I've seen plenty of movies about it. I've seen plenty of, uh, of pod, podcasts and, and, and videos on YouTube that show stuff that look like that. And I have to say, okay, Maybe it exists. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, I'm, I'm open to it. Uh, I believe in the possibility that in an, a universe as infinite as we exist in right now, and don't forget, a hundred years ago, the entire universe was was uh, well in the 1930s. The entire universe was was no more than the Milky Way, you know, which is a hundred billion stars. And we now we know that there's hundreds of billions of Milky Ways. So the, the expanse of human understanding is 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 so vast. To think, for instance, that, that there is not life in the universe, I think is foolish. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course there is, but but also look at the distances involved in in, in this massive universal expression. And, and that kind of blows my mind too. I mean, there's a lot of information right now about how fast the distances are the speeds of light, how long it would take to to visit someone, how truly small and minuscule we are here in this one planet. So, you know, there's a lot of really interesting speculation about these things. Uh, And I'm, I'm, I'm aware of them all. I've read extensively, uh, his, both historically and currently, about the UFO phenomena, about the ancient astronauts, the Anunnaki, all these things. I'm, I'm well aware of all that. Yeah. How, re- how relevant is it to my existence right now? Well, it's, it's a matter of speculation and it's a matter of interest to me. But really, I'm 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 looking at you know how do we live better, healthier lives? How how do we become better human beings with what we have? You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's my focus on that. And going back to um, the different energetic healing that you do, and you kind of mentioned addiction, so I just want to touch on it. Not just addiction, but that's just an example. Like, do you think that that sort of thing can heal? someone who's dealing with addiction or yes i i do and and i'll I'll give you one example um for instance uh when you're dealing with with the 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 entity issue which are souls that are parked in your energy field they're parked there because they have not transitioned into the light and they miss having direct corporal contact with the physical world you need a standard issue physical body to knock on wood for instance okay you know you just that's how it works so if you don't have that and you're in you you are a low enough vibrational consciousness to not realize that that's not a behave in ways that help satiate that desire nature that you may have as, as an entity to experience the alcohol thing. So now wow. all of a sudden the host person is sitting there saying, God, I wish I, I think I want to have a drink. I don't even like alcohol. I think it tastes terrible, but I really want to have a drink. Okay, I'll have a drink. So you have a drink, no big deal, um, unless you get you know, super drunk or something like that, and it debilitates you. But let's say you have the drink and you catch a little buzz, fine, and then that's over and it goes away. Well, maybe it didn't mean that much to you, but it did help satiate the desire of the possessing entity. Now, if you take that to an extreme condition, you may have a possessing entity affecting the consciousness of a person to then develop uh, habits based upon executing that desire that then become their own problem. So now, you know, they have a drink, they have two drinks, they go back the next day and the next day, and all of a sudden they have an alcohol addiction problem. 
Now, it might have started off being inspired by the possessing entity, but now it's yours because you, you entertained it. You got involved in it. So if you want to get rid of that, the first thing you need to do is get rid of that entity, get him out of there, because that's the original influence. From there, yeah, you got to discipline yourself to not go down that road, but you won't have that influence anymore if you're cleared. Okay. Does that makes sense? Yeah, that makes yeah. total sense. Oh my gosh. There's so much I feel like I could sit and talk to you about. And I I just absolutely love hearing from you and, and also working with you. I didn't even get into my personal story um, to share with people, but I wasn't even, at the time I didn't have a period and um, my cycle right after I saw you came back 28 days later. Wow. Exactly. I don't know if that was a combination. I know that it was definitely from working with you. And at the time I was, you know, doing supplements and stuff like that to help, but it was something about just exactly the amount of time after I saw you that made me realize just, you know, working with you really resonated with me and, and you helped me so much. And now I'm pregnant with my second child. So it definitely, it was a transformative experience and and I I always look forward to seeing you and I even went to one of your um you you were leading some sort of class one day also at your in your clinic and I I had the opportunity to join um with my craniosacral therapist on Maui and it was so fun and and I just love learning from you so I just want to say thank you thank you for your work thank you for being of service and I hope that, you know, people who are listening that have wanted to contact you from me speaking about you in past episodes can now have the opportunity to work with you virtually since you're now working virtually. And I, I want to say when I worked with you last time virtually, I was curious how it would go because it's such an incredible experience in person with um, just the way that your clinic is set up and, and you have, you know, just... I don't even know what you call it, the thing that you use to see the etheric body and everything that you've set up. But yeah, again, you can just, you tapped right in and it was just as powerful for me. And so I just want to share that for people who are interested and, and people who are looking for um, a true healer who also has an extensive background in, in all areas of life. So Thank well, thank you. Raj. That's very kind of you to say. Yeah, thank you, Raj, for for coming on and sharing with us. And I, I'm really excited to look more into the elastane supplement that you mentioned that you have, and and also this into that research. I think it's so fascinating, and like you said, it's you know groundbreaking because right now it's all about collagen, and so just having that information, especially when it comes to aging, is just so important. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's it's cutting edge understanding of, of of the aging process, and we're really you know we're just coming into a, a greater awareness of that now for the first time in in history, and uh, I believe I'm the first person in history to decelerate by the the 15 years that I've done it. I, I don't see any evidence of anyone else having having done that yet. So uh, I call myself the first longevinot. Uh, and you can find my work on aging at extendedlongevity.com. I also have another website called intelligentremedies.com. We didn't even get into any of the discussion of the antiviral stuff and some of the things that are happening that are contemporary now. 
but you know everyone's welcome to visit those sites and see some of the other products that I've created. And uh, yeah, I look forward, Nikki, to talking to you again soon. And I wish you health and well-being and all your things and a wonderful birth with your your second child there. And uh, and I will prevail for however long I can here on Maui doing this work and helping all. All that I can. Yeah, I'm coming in November, so I will see you then. I'll I'll let you know the dates. Okay, great. I'll talk Looking to you. Looking forward. Thanks, Raj.